Welcome to Entrepreneurial Reality with Bash. Every week we'll be speaking to startup and scale-up founders to learn about them, their ambitions for the business, goals and objectives. Every conversation is a moment in time, documenting entrepreneurs' current situation with a view to coming back next year to see how they are getting on. Each journey will be different. Each innovation could be game-changing. I hope you enjoy. So, Entrepreneurial Reality with Bash, Series 1, Episode 16, and I'm delighted to have with me Joanna Harris from the Oneness Movement. Bash, thank you so much for having me on. Welcome. Thank you for your time. Uh, for the benefit of the listeners, uh, could you give us a bit of background? Certainly. So I've never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but I have always been a bit of a creator. I've always had a bit of a business focus. And I think that's because my background is in change management in financial services. So I look at large scale transformation programs for investment banks and commercial banks. And um, my natural ability has always been with strategy, with problem solving and planning. Um, and I'm also a bit of a numbers geek. So the accounting side of things is where I, I definitely get into. But actually recently I've started working with a coach and looking at what my vision is. And from that, um, I had the opportunity to create a business and it just became that, that next obvious step. So I find myself now as an entrepreneur. Great. Uh, the point of our conversations is to capture a moment in time to understand where you are today, then you sharing with us your ambitions for the next 12 months. And then we come mm -hmm. back and see how that journey's gone. What are the lessons you've learned to date? And what are your further ambitions uh, moving forwards? And as with any startup, a lot of changes happen within those 12 months. So hopefully there'll be a lot to talk about when we speak again. Just give us a bit more insight into why the one this movement, how do you come about the idea? Certainly. So it actually came about 12 months ago. So I've had an interesting journey of, of 12 months of learning to be an entrepreneur. The Oneness Movement is creating an online platform for the conscious well-being industry. And we see ourselves as being a catalyst for oneness and transformative change. And our platform is really going to provide resources to practitioners who are in disciplines like chakra healing, Reiki, life coaching, mindfulness, you know, all those things that are really starting to, to kick off now. And um, we also want to be there for their clients as well. So we're creating this platform where we'll have an online community where they can share information, forums, discuss anything to do with conscious well-being and any specific concerns as well. And they'll also have a marketplace for booking and buying appointments, retreats, you know, events, workshops, all that good stuff. Um, and practitioners as well, you know, we do a lot of the business side of it to take the stress out for them. And um, so things like marketing tools and payment facilities and, and things like that. And so for me, the, the way that this idea came about for the platform was a bit of a journey um, for myself. <laughs> um, I have always been in the corporate world and uh, I've always been very, very driven um, and, you know, quite competitive and, and, somewhat successful I would think but alongside that I've actually I've struggled with depression and particularly in my younger years it was it was really something quite challenging so when I was looking at you know trying to manage this I, I've really gone on an exploration journey myself 
everything from, you know, Reiki to runes and Ayurveda to Zen Buddhism. And I found that there were many things that helped me on my journey to feel more connected, more complete, and you know, really more whole as a person. And there was a there was a really specific turning point for me. I started working with William Whitecloud of Natural Success Academy. He his work is based in intuition, creative structures, and alchemy. And so, you know, what I learned from him, it was really a, a framework that it seemed to crystallize all those things that I'd learned before in this space. And I've gone on to, to, you know, do a lot of coaching with him. And we look at, you know, my purpose and choices on how I'm going to, to bring that purpose about. And so the oneness movement as, as a business and as the platform that we're creating was really born out of this vision that I had through my coaching sessions. And, and for me, you know, I, I have some really powerful choices around inspiring the global community to embrace, you know, conscious well-being, to enable conscious businesses and individuals to really, you know, effortlessly connect with their audience and deliver their value that they have. And, um, you know, really being a leader and growing a corporation in that conscious well-being space. So I, I do use a lot of intuition and creative structures now as I work towards this vision. And, um, you know, a lot of my choices that I have, I, I apply this day to day in my business and my per in my personal life so that I can really feel, you know, supported and I'm driving towards what my what my true vision is what particular areas in business are you experiencing the lack of wellness and well-being can you talk a bit more around that yeah um and when i when i first looked at this industry one of the things that um we did a lot of research on is um the growth of the industry and what we noticed i mean it, it is growing at quite an exceptional rate but it's one of those industries that's still highly fragmented. So there, there isn't really, um, you know, a, a central platform. There's a lot of things for, for beauty, for fitness, but rarely when it comes to kind of your, your conscious well-being, there wasn't really that, that place where people could go to explore these topics and, you know, really connect and integrate with their services. And what we found is there's a lot of word of mouth referrals do you know someone who might you know run a meditation class or, or things like that and we want to really capture and harness the the beauty of that part of the referral system but we want to make a, a place where people can go so we looked at the problems that um, exist in the business for the practitioners and often <laughs> often they they are you know, people that are really dedicated to their discipline, but they're not necessarily always marketing or business savvy professionals. So for them trying to um, establish themselves as a business, establish their services, get out there as, you know, market to their, to their audience, and even some of the basics of like bookings and, and payments and calendar facilities, we really found that, you know, that there was a lack of that support for them unless they were a, you know, a large scale business, you know, there, there wasn't really a lot of software that was within their price range and tailored to their, their industry as well. So, you know, when we did a lot of research with the practitioners, we found that that was a real problem that they were facing. They, they wanted to share this knowledge and share their services, but they didn't have that audience. And when we actually started looking at their clients as well, we found that, yeah, it's a nightmare for them to try and navigate this industry. Not a lot of these practitioners are online, or if they are, they have very archaic websites. There's not a lot that's kept updated. And so, you know, in, in kind of thinking of 
the word of mouth aspect. We thought if we could put that on a platform, we can use the whole referral system for this industry as well. It's been so successful in other industries and really help to showcase uh, what the practitioners are doing and the benefits of their services. And I think that will be a real help to clients because, you know, certainly in, in this modern day, we're, we're too time poor to go hunting around. We want something quick and easy and we want to find that information and then have a really simple effective solution to, to manage our well-being yeah that's really the problem that we're we're looking at on a personal level for me I think that the platform we're creating is certainly going to solve those problems in the short term I am a bit of an idealist when I look at what about the positive change we can make in the world when people are really paying attention to their conscious well-being and particularly to um, that kind of connection that they have with their with their higher selves with each other in their community and with the world at large and i tend to think that you know if if we could spend more time looking at the things that we have in common and what connects us rather than looking at all the things that separate us from other people and from ourselves that's where we can, you know, have some really positive impacts on society. So, you know, that, that is really part of my big vision. It starts with our, our, you know, platform of the oneness movement and bringing it together. But for me, I really do hope that we have some positive impacts on people, you know, their own transformation journey, the practitioners that want to serve these clients and, you know, hopefully society as a whole. There's a whole combination of <laughs> mindset, well-being, health, and community all in one. That's, that's a very grand vision, very ambitious, I must say. So I can't wait to see how you develop over the next 12, 24, 36 months. And now you've, you've established a problem you're looking to solve. Yeah. How are you building your platform, the technology in the first place? How did you come about this? Yeah, <laughs> so that was also a journey. Um, so, you know, I, I was very, very fortunate that I met Lucy Nolan from We Are Imaginal um, through the work I did with William. And her absolute gift and her, her genius is really in taking a, a vision like mine and all of these things that I want to be able to do and want to bring into reality and breaking that down into, you know, what are those requirements for a platform and what's that journey we're going to have in, in terms of building that out. So we, we spent a lot of time looking at the functionality that I wanted to have in terms of the marketplace, the community, and this toolbox for practitioners. And we went through and, you know, described each of the areas, prioritized the areas, and came up with what we have deemed to be our, our minimal viable product so that we can get that live onto the market. And then once we had, you know, a really good idea about what we wanted to build, we um, spoke to a lot of vendors. And I have to say we, but Lucy really did a lot of the um, investigation here. We maybe spoke to four or five different tech companies that some that specialize in marketplaces as well. And we found Kelsey Technologies, who are based in Sri Lanka. And we, we also had a recommendation from a friend who also uses them for different software that they're building. And we now work with them. You know, we, we have a really great team of developers. We have a, about a team of five out there who are really working to get our minimal viable product live. And uh, hopefully all things going according to plan, that should be in late January. 
In terms of building a team then, you've hinted on a number of people that have been helpful to you to date. So how did you come about building this team in the first place? (laughs) Um, I would say intuitively, when I'm looking for something in my business, the work that I've learned through William, we look at what the end result is that we want. And so if I'm looking for a marketing specialist, or in this case, I was looking for a product developer, Um, or a product owner to to build this for me. Um, And we do kind of an intuitive exercise on that end result to look for insight in the actions that are needed to take to move forward. And and really, it was just (laughs) an insight that came to me that said, you know, go go and speak to this person, Lucy, that you've met. I'm sure she might have something she can offer to the business. And, and it turned out she was exactly the person I was looking for. And so now when we, when we do look, even deciding to use Kelsey above the other ones, there's your rational mind wanting to make decisions on things that you think you know about. Um, but I'd like to use my intuition quite a bit so that, you know, I, I can really get a stronger sense from the universal energy in the world around me to help guide me in the right direction for my business and, and for creating my vision. So most of my team have come in that way that we've, we've either sat down with those that I have and worked out what we want and who we want to, to be part of it and had that insight. And yeah, that we've really built the team in that way. The building of the team is one thing. You've got a platform, a marketplace that you're going public with in, in January. Then you need the community to engage. So you have the practitioners, you have the, the paying customers, whether that be business, whether that be individuals. Uh, who are you going to focus on first of all? So we focus on businesses first of all. The reason being is that without their services being showcased on our platform, then there will be nothing to attract the users to buy the services, etc. But it is that classic chicken and egg um, marketplace conundrum where you won't get practitioners if you don't have users and you won't get users without practitioners. So really, we've been doing a lot of work in the last three to three to four months to build up our social media profile to make sure that we're sending out, you know, very specific B2B and B2C as well, although we'll, we'll, sorry, and I say B2B and B2C, but I mean business to business type um, messaging or business to consumer. We're going to ramp up the consumer stuff as we get closer to go live, but we've really been trying to build that bond with our practitioners because their success is our success as well. And it's a, it's a real win-win relationship. So a lot of our marketing has been targeted towards the businesses and we've offered things like, um, you know, free use of the platform for the first six months if they want to be an early adopter and you know pre-register with us to be able to help us test out the software you know test out building their profile before so that it's ready to go live and we hope to really you know get a very supportive community behind us our success story as well because i think you know our success story is also their success story Mm -hmm. as well and so it's been it's been really really interesting in in building out the community side of it and i hope that that's something that we continue to do well particularly as we move more into that consumer space interesting Uh, from a marketing standpoint it would be good to see how you address both audiences uh, over time yeah, and ours is, is very, very close as well because our target market for practitioners are typically the individual solo operators. So they are themselves 
not really thinking I'm a, I'm a business. So we have to really tailor that message as well. And, and we do have, you know, some of the smaller businesses of say one to five people in them, but we're really not going after those big corporations. Our aim is, is to kind of bring together the fragmented base of smaller businesses. And so, yeah, a, a lot of our messaging we do find it is very suitable for both, but obviously the, the call to action at the end of it is where we differ because we want you know, them to set up their business and then the, their journey becomes different because it's all about how can we, how can we help them promote their services in, in a very um, you know, unique and, and standing out kind of way to attract their consumers. And in terms of the business model then, what is your thinking? How, how is so it structured? It will be a commission on any transactions that occur through our platform. We may look at a subscription model later on down the line, but I think, you know, particularly at the start um, to, to help with that chicken and egg of getting the mm. practitioners and users, we, we don't want any barriers to entry. We want to make it really easy for people to sign up and the, the cost to them is, is only when they sell a service. So we have a tiered commission structure so that, you know, if it's a really large scale retreat, we, we take a smaller cut of that one. Um, if it's more like a, a workshop or so, I think our maximum we've set is, is 10% of any service that goes through the platform and then lower from there. And that covers things like VAT is included in that, our strike payment fees, um, and also our cost of doing business as well. What's the tipping point to profitability? What volume do you need to achieve that? We need about 22,000 per month. We think that will be in about month 1920. <laughs> so it's definitely, um, you know, a good year down the line. And, and we, don't, we don't aim to be turning a profit until, um, you know, our, our second year. That's great. And thank you for your openness. The investment that you've made both in time, but also money as well. Has that been your own personal money? Completely, utterly and totally so far, yes. So I have been um, bootstrapping this as, as my entrepreneurial training is telling you, that's what I've been doing. And for, for the last year, I do work full time, but I also find that, you know, as, as this is my passion, it's what I want to do in my spare time. So I dedicate about 30 hours a week to, to growing the business. And now that I have a team in place, you know, it, it just means that, it can take the pressure off me a little bit and I can really, you know, look to provide advice. So, so my time gets used more widely in ways that can help my team rather than hinder them, I hope. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's been an interesting journey in terms of bootstrapping it, looking for investment, considering what our financial flows would be. Um, and it can change month on month as well because, you know, different costs can come out of the woodwork or, you know, you may um, want to look at sign up user numbers and think you know we're forecasting this is that too high is it too low do we think we'll achieve that revenue and so yeah it's a it's a little bit of an art form at this stage um, and I think any accountant would tell you it's always an art form when you're dealing with the forecasting but what I'm really looking forward to is, is going live and then being able to prove out the numbers that we've put in that plan and my aim is to um, go for investment in the early part of next year as well once we're live. Have you had any thoughts around the percentage of equity you're looking to put up for sale to acquire the funds needed? 20% of equity is um, what I'm going to be putting up in this investment round. And we're going to be doing a crowdfunding campaign because I think it, it aligns more to our ideals of serving the community. 
and and plus we you know we do need lead investors but we like to consider those that we would call conscious investors you know ones that do understand this is a business and it has to be profitable if it wants to keep surviving year on year and achieving its goals but that really having a social focus is what this business is about. I think when we crowdfund for that, that's what the community will be drawn to. But I think that, you know, getting some target investors, getting some real, you know, lead investors that have that same kind of value that we do, having that kind of person backing us as well, it means that, you know, when we're making strategic decisions, their values and ours align. That's really important to us, actually. Um, and it's one of the reasons why we haven't pushed so early for funding, because we do want to take our time to find a, a really decent conscious investor with a, with a social business focus. In addition to the values, what sort of experience and skills would you be looking to leverage? I, I would like to think that they have had their own personal transformation journey so that they can really in line with what we're trying to do in this industry. So, you know, it's not necessarily industry experience that that we're looking for, but at least a connection or recognition with the industry that we're looking to serve. That to us would, would be beneficial. And I think the other side, which, you know, I suppose every tech startup is looking for is someone who has that experience of, of scaling up. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, once we've built this platform and we get a significant user base and we're starting to show that traction, ultimately what we, you know, what we want to do is be able to serve on a national level and then be able to, to roll that out into other regions as well. So, you know, I think with what we're doing with the platform, with the technology that we're using, it certainly has that scalable aspect to it. And it's, it's one of the reasons why we chose to, to go with Kelsey. It would just be really beneficial to have someone like that on our board to help provide that strategic direction and, and give us the different things to think about as, as we go on that journey. Tell us a bit more about you. What, what are your drivers? You mentioned about a vision. You've gone and invested in entrepreneurial coaching, which is fantastic. You have a team already built, but tell us a bit more about you. <laughs> Um, I think the first thing that I would say about me is that in uh, in looking at this journey of being a founder, I don't think I ever realized how much interest there would be in me. Um, <laughs> and so it's something that I'm I'm learning more and more to become comfortable with. I'm typically a you know, workaholic. I love to get into the detail. I love to create things. I love processes. I love strategy. Um, I like all those hard nights pouring over an Excel spreadsheet. And I'm probably not leader who likes to be in the forefront and really being that, that kind of inspiration. For me, I'm loving the fact that in going for my vision, it is challenging me personally to, to get out there and to share my vision and share more about me you know to to tell you you know background then so i'm australian originally i grew up there for uh, 19 years i then as australians did back then went backpacking worked in bars traveled around europe came to live in england and that's really where i've thrived i, I live in london now and i have done that for 20 odd years and it, it's one of those places that i i found connection here i found a, a connection and a sense of self that I didn't really feel when I was in Australia. And a lot of people say to me, you know, are you crazy living over here when you could live over there? And I think the main reason that what I feel is that over here in in the UK, you really get to experience a whole variety 
of people on, on any given day, different backgrounds, different interests, different outlooks. And to me, that's really, you know, what I thrive on. I, I love variety. I love change. I love, you know, listening to things and hearing different viewpoints, finding out, you know, more about the world, more about the people in the world. And I think that's why I always love to travel so much. And so, yeah, that's one of the things that, that, that motivates me. Um, so now I live in London. Um, I live with my partner, Waleed, and we've been together for seven years. Uh, we have two beautiful cats, no kids. <laughs> well, I was going to say, when I don't spend my time behind a computer, busily, um, you know, preparing Excel spreadsheets or, or PowerPoint templates, um, I love to travel. But Actually, I, I spent two months traveling this year through South and North America, and I worked completely on my business at the same time as doing that. But I thought that's the life of the entrepreneur because, you know, we, we don't need to be tied to an office in order to create, you know, our vision and, and our business. And so, yeah, that was, that was something that's inspired me and something that I, I do want to do more going forward. So... Yeah, I suppose I'm enjoying now learning how to share my story, more about me. My marketing guys tell me that uh, I need to get more out there and, and you know, really share my vision because, you know, it is a, it is a powerful story. I, I'm someone that has benefited directly and, and very personally from um, the types of disciplines that I now want to showcase and being able to, to give something back to this industry and to the community at large. Yeah, it's it's very, very powerful and it's very moving. It's just something that seems so natural for me to do that I never thought it would be a story, but there it is. <laughs> so as a digital nomad, are you building into your business then that ability to work anywhere? For myself and yes, my for team? yourself and your team, yes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, most of, most of my team, other than, you know, the guys in, in Sri Lanka are... London based, but actually we all like to work our own hours, our own time scales. I think my lawyer's now in Spain and she's working from there. Um, my social media manager is, um, she, she lives in the Southwest. So yeah, we, we're very much all about working on what your passion is. And as long as you're working on something that you really feel aligned to from, from a vision and values point of view, then it doesn't matter if you're at your desk from 8am till 9pm or if you turn up at this location or that location it's about you know really putting your heart into what you're doing and that's where the, the beautiful results will come from they don't have to come from hours and hours of, of you know trudging away at something it's what I value most in my team that I, I would rather they be absolutely happy and passionate about what they're doing then have to think, God, I have to get up and, and turn up at this place and, and clock these hours. Mm, that's really cool. Thank you. So where do you see yourself in the next 12 months then? You've gone live in January. What's your ambition for the next 12 months then? I, I do have quite a few goals of what I want us to achieve and definitely launching in, in January um, and, and successfully launching as well. I think that that to me is, is really key. We, we're not doing a huge marketing drive around this launch because it is going to be, as you said, like a, like a beta test. So we do want to um, make sure that we're, we're really listening to our practitioners, to our users about that functionality and trying to get the best experience for them as we can and learn from what they have and learn from what they do. So to me, the first six months of, of next year is really taking in their feedback and 
and you know refining things with small releases of the product through like month on month we, we work agile with our team but really kind of push towards a kind of quarter three what I call a full launch another real big release of functionality that comes out really um, being able to showcase what we've done with the practitioners on there and how it's helped them um, and to have that kind of you know big marketing drive to say like this is what we're doing and who we are so you know it, it's a lot of test and learn over the next couple of months to the aim of, of a big launch and you know I hope that leads us to the end of the year to be able to to really target our marketing nationally because we'll, we'll focus London first um, I think as most people do in the UK where it's a, where it's a big market and, and easily concentrated to get a message across <laughs> so so that's certainly where I see us from from a product point of view good support feedback um, increased functionality and then a, then a major release next year. The other side for me is from a from a business and investment point of view. We will be doing a crowdfunding campaign, and mm -hmm. uh, so this is definitely one where I have to get myself in the forefront with videos and all sorts of interesting things. And um, so we want to run a really really successful campaign um, throughout February March um, into the into the kind of April springtime next year. Connect with with the community of investors, connect with those conscious investors, as I mentioned, and, and really get um, you know, that, that board and that strategic direction for the business set up. Um, I hope at that stage, you know, if our funding is significant enough, then I can leave my day job and, and do this full time or you know, maybe take minimal hours and, and put, put more of my effort into building this out. That, that's gonna be really, really important. Uh, because a lot of the stuff that, that I want to do from a business point of view as well next year is make sure that we're structurally set up. So looking at the functions that we run, what I call client success, that's the team I really want to build out next year. So everything on how we educate people to, to use the platform in a good way, how we can provide feedback to people who are using it on how they could, you know, get more out of our functionality, providing, uh, you know, step-by-step -step videos for them to show how to use it, dealing with any um, queries that they might have. Because to me, you know, the, the success of our clients on the platform is going to be the success of the business. So that's where, you know, like if, if I get to spend more time, that's where I really want to put my effort. Um, as well as, you know, the other areas so that we're a functional operational business, um, but certainly in that forefront of, of taking care of our, our clients on the platform. Right. Um, so, yeah, just, just a small journey, just a few things to do next year. <laughs> yeah, so both a full-time job and building a business over 30 hours a week committed to that. At yeah. Time with the idea of going full-time next year, Fing you know, fingers crossed you can do that, you get the money that you need to do that is very important Thank you, yeah. <laughs> that step of course do you have any time to have get your own headspace get time away from your desk what do you do to help clear your mind yeah um <laughs> i i do sometimes realize i've been working too hard when i do silly things like come home and, and leave the keys in the front door because i forgot to take them out and uh, you know like you, you kind of stop and think Yikes, maybe I, I need a bit of time for me. But I, I am a bit of a sucker for the, the wellness industry, I have to admit. So so my time out is things like um, traveling if I can, but no matter where I'm traveling, I like to mix that up with a bit of a spa day and a massage and you know, really take time to relax. I like to to do yoga because you know, not only does it help me 
physically in order to, to maintain fitness and flexibility. But I find it really calms the mind down as well. And, you know, you really center yourself. And then, you know, I'm, I'm still a <laughs> normal person. I, I like to go out and drink gin and tonics, um, several of them, um, <laughs> and, and frequently. <laughs> um, yeah, I am known as a bit of a gin drinker. It's like pointless asking me what to drink. It's like it's more of a case of which gin do you want rather than what do you want. So, yeah, I, I do like to go out and dance and still shake my tail every now and again. But yeah, you got you got to let your hair down, you know. You yeah, that's relax. true. That is yeah. true. <laughs> and in terms of continual learning, uh, for the benefits of the listeners, are there any particular readings or sources of information that you could recommend? Yeah, definitely. So for me, marketing was was not the area that I knew most about when I when I looked at you know my business knowledge. If it was operations, finance, you know things like that, I was and strategy. I was definitely okay with, but marketing was one that. Um, it was just a big anomaly to me. And so I um, had a book called The, the Dotcom Secrets. And I found that really quite fascinating to give me insight into what marketing is really all about, but also how, how businesses should approach their marketing and really how to, um, how to attract consumers, how to attract users and, and to give them what they want and to build that relationship on an ongoing basis so you can increase your revenue with that customer as well in a, in a win-win way. So that to me was quite an enlightening book. <laughs> but I think from a, from a personal level, like for those listeners that might be more interested in, in the intuitive side and some of that kind of coaching that um, I do, um, at the moment I'm reading an advanced copy of um, William Whitecloud, my coach's new book out, which is or coming out soon. It's The Secrets of Natural Success. That is absolutely fascinating, but it's not in the shops yet. So that one, when it does come out, I would recommend it. Um, but if you want an insight into what his work is all about and the way that he approaches creativity, creative structures and intuition, start with his first book, which is The Magician's Way. It's just absolutely fascinating. So I can um, say that yeah. again, The Magician's Way. The Magician's Way. The magician's way. Yeah. He's, um, he's been an absolute inspiration and really just really helped set me on my path of truth is what I'd say and you know once you're on your path effort just becomes easy you know you're, you're passionate about what you want to do and you, and you get out of bed happy to go and work on your purpose rather than oh my god I have to turn up at my day job so yeah that for me for those that are that are more into the um, personal development side I'd say take a look at that one. Looking at the, the journey you've taken so far what would you do differently knowing what you know now? <laughs> um, do you know what? I, I would like to say I would do a lot of things differently. And here's a big bunch of lessons of, of what I've learned. Um, but actually, I'm not going to say that because to me, like, my journey is my journey and everybody's journey is their journey. So, you know, there are mistakes I've made. There are things that I probably think are mistakes that might turn out to have something really positive will come out of it in the future. Um, and there are things that I felt absolutely certain of at the time I was doing them that actually turned out not so good, shall we say. Um, but to me, all of it was an incredible learning part. All of it, you know, helped me um, recognize and move towards, even my mistakes have helped me move towards my vision. So, you know, as, as long as I've got up and, and taken action and, and kind of kept 
focusing on my end result and my vision that I have, you know, even the silly things that I've done, I'd still do them over and again because they've got me where I am today. And, you know, like, and, and there, there is such a, a formula that entrepreneurs can go through, particularly, you know, we've, we've even commoditized the tech startup industry so that there's a, almost a script you have to follow. You know, you must do these things. Um, and I like to kind of think that actually, you know, you, you can follow them and there's great advice out there and there's wonderful things that you can learn. But you've always got to make your own choice and your own decisions of, of what's right for you. And if it doesn't resonate and if it's not, um, you know, if it doesn't speak to your heart or, or really feel like the truth, then it, it's not something you should take on board, even if the script says that's the next step. So, yeah, for me, you know, I, I haven't really followed a script. I, I like to make it up as I go along and see what resonates. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't think I would have done much differently. Um, probably check back in in the next year's time just to see if I've if I've messed anything up or if uh, if it's all come to a beautiful fruition. We'll see. But yeah, it feels like I'm I'm on the right path, and I just keep listening to my heart to make the next step. I can appreciate everyone has their own journey. Everyone lives their own life. Yeah, yeah. But is is there anybody that you say if I sat in the room with them, I'd feel comfortable in the same place because they're of like mind. Ooh, that's an interesting way to phrase it, actually, because now I always think, who who would I, you know, kind of follow or, or want to emulate? And, and you know, obviously, as you said, with, with my kind of opinion on doing it your way, I've always thought that, um, you know, the people like Steve Jobs or, or Richard Branson are the ones that they paved the way because they did it their own way. Um uh, but if you stuck me in a room with either of them right now, I would definitely feel um, not necessarily of like mine. I'd probably be a little bit in, in awe um, and a little bit, uh, you know, starstruck. Um, but, but they're the type of people that when I, when I look at their journey, I'm very interested to read about what they've done and how they've done it because I love it when their story just, just really, you know, confirms that they did it their own way. Even when everything felt challenging or people were against them or, or any of those things, you know, like JK Rowling is another one in the way that she, you know, she stuck to her purpose of writing those books. And, it, and it's, to me, it is those people that really stick to their vision, despite all adversity coming along, you know, if they're really, this, this is it, and they're committed to it. They're the people that I really, really do admire. And that, I always love to read their stories and, and just, you know, it just warms my heart to, to see another person who followed their vision and the beautiful things that came of that for them and the struggles they had to go through to get it because, you know, it's, it's a journey. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just it's fascinating and it's beautiful to me. Uh, thank you. And One of the clearest obstacles is a no. And you, you mentioned J.K. Rowling and how many times she went to a publisher before... <laughs> She got a yes, and yes, continually finding a way to get her vision, her beliefs, her passion project yeah. published and out to everybody. And look what's happened. Look how yeah. it's changed the lives of children across the globe and adults as well. Adults. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so it, it's, it's very impressive. So yeah. t time is up for our initial conversation. Thank you really do appreciate it and i wish you all the best and, and luck for the next 12 months and onwards and look forward to speaking again next year to see how you're getting on 
Oh, Bash, thank you very much for having me on and, and good luck to you as well for this program. It's a, it's a really exciting thing that you're doing and, you know, very helpful for people like me to, to stop and reflect on our journeys as well. Um, and so I look forward to speaking with you again and, and talking about the next 12 months and, you know, listening to your podcast as well and hearing about how everyone is, is taking their journey too. So thank you very much for having me on and, and to be a part of your journey as well. Thank you. And just before we go, could you just help the listeners find where you are in terms of the website to get further information about uh, Tom or the oneness movement? Yes, certainly. Um, www.theonenessmovement.com. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and certainly I'm, you know, we're also on Facebook at the oneness movement, Twitter, you know, Instagram, all the usual ones. Um, and for myself as well, it's, it's joanna.harris at theonenessmovement.com. And I'm really open for, you know, conversations and collaborations with, with like-minded people. So thank you. Joanna, thank you. So what do you think? We'll have another interesting story to dive into next week. Looking forward to it already. Some questions to you in the meantime. What is your story? What is your reality right now? And what are you working towards? Let me know. So you can connect with me on Twitter. Just type in Bash in the search and you'll find me. So Bash, B-A-S-H. Easy. On Instagram, it's Bash Reality. So that's Bash underscore reality. And on LinkedIn, Benjamin Ashmore. Make sure you subscribe. And until next week, cheers. Cheers.